Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. International health officials are concerned about clusters of COVID-19 cases outside China. prohibiting gatherings of 10 people or more. Stay home, more people will die. Six people are dead, including the suspected gunman after a mass shooting inside the Miller Road. The call for help just after 2 p.m. officer involved shooting led to a full night of unrest in Kenosha. A harrowing afternoon and evening here in Wauwatosa. White House is moving past the ballot, now being fought in courtrooms. Overturn this election so that your king can stay in power. COVID-19 cases across Wisconsin. ahead of us of the bleak months of December and January. We know, we know, a lot of bad things happened in 2020. Enough that Time Magazine is calling it the worst year ever. But what about the good things that happened this year? That is the focus of our final podcast of the year we'd like to forget. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here with my colleague Amanda St. Hilaire. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Brian. We are recording this episode on Tuesday, December 22nd. This will be our final episode of Open Record for the year as we all take a much needed break to enjoy the holidays. I think I can speak for everyone here when I say that. And this is a very special episode because we are joined by Contact Six's Jenna Sachs and the executive producer of Open Record, Sarah Smith. Jenna, Sarah, welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, guys. Hi, everybody. All right. So let's jump right into this because I think we need to start by acknowledging, as Brian did at the beginning of the episode, that there were uh, not a lot of great things in 2020. Our reports highlighted that. And, and I don't know, I guess I worry sometimes when I when I do talk about the positive things, I don't want to sound tone deaf because there are a lot of people who have experienced really like gut wrenching life-changing experiences this year. But I also think it's important that through all of that, we highlight the bright spots when we can just to keep our own sanity. I mean, I know for me personally, a bright spot has been that I'm pregnant with child number two, arriving in 2021, um, just kind of as as we usher in a, a different year that we hope will have better outcomes. Um, but I'm interested, Jenna and Sarah, in hearing about your personal bright spots and the, the things that have kind of kept you sane this year. Uh, I think one of the upsides, uh, for looking for upsides to having kids home more than they usually are, um, you know, we had a, a big break from daycare in my family for a good three months for a while. School has closed a couple times uh, since then for a couple weeks at a time. And I think the bright side for me has been watching my three daughters learn how to play together as a group, which is really fun to see. I think they've gotten closer than maybe they would be otherwise because we're not hanging out with anybody else after daycare. It's us all the time. 
And I think that will hopefully be something that sticks with us, um, at least for a while, until they get to be teenagers and hate each other. Um, (laughs) But also, you know, I have a feather in my hat this year because I potty trained two-year-old twins. Woo! Wow. (laughs) That's big. (laughs) Thank you. Daycare was closed for two weeks, and I said, I'm going to make something positive out of this. And I potty trained two girls, you know, for the most part. (laughs) Let's not claim it's perfect. But I, I did that and I'm proud of that. And we've also had a lot of positive things with Contact 6, but we can talk about that later. Potty training is no small accomplishment. Thank you. For one child, let alone two. So I'd probably put two feathers in your hat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. The, the exciting part was taking, you know, the little potty that sits in your bathroom um, and removing it the other day. So we don't have any more teeny little little potties around the house. Wow, These are giant milestones. And, you know, to have been there for all of that, too, and, and to have the time to spend on that, obviously, is it's kind of one of those things that you look at a year that where there's been so much downside. But I think one of the upsides has been we've had more time with family and, and to be there for some of these things. I agree. I think, Sarah, you've probably seen some of that, too. Yeah, it definitely has f- forced us, you know, and whether good or bad, but we've really... Um, tried to spend time doing things together as opposed to everyone just going on their screens or their phones or their TVs. You know, we've played games and we've used our imagination. And and Jenna, like you were saying with your girls playing together, my two kids who are seven and almost eight and then four have really been able to play together, make up games, make up stories. Um, and it's just been really cool to see them uh, and just be able to spend time together. We, my husband and I joke that, you know, we wouldn't want to be quarantined with anyone else. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. We've we've gone on so many hikes and parks and, you know, just things to be outside. I mean, in normal life, we wouldn't be outside playing, you know, on a 32 degree day. But if it's not snowing and not raining, put those coats and boots on. We're going outside. So <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been fun. And I do think one of the other upsides is, you know, my kids are in school, um, like in person learning and the teachers this year, I mean, are just amazing. They are doing amazing things, and they are teaching virtual kids. They are teaching in-person kids, and the hours that they're putting in, um, I definitely think, you know, I have a whole new appreciation. I appreciated teachers before because God bless them, but I, I mean, this year has just been a whole different kind of adapting, um, and I just think they've done such an outstanding job. I think that that's a a key takeaway from the year 2020 as well is there are a lot of things that might initially be a negative, right? So I'm sure the teachers putting in extra hours, they're they're sitting there going, how am I supposed to do this? And, And they're dealing with those challenges. But the silver lining of that is it highlights work that was probably already going on before the pandemic but then really ramped up, right? So whether it's healthcare workers, teachers, um, appreciating the other people in, in our own lives and, and the works they do, appreciating the works that moms do as they're trying to work and care for families. I think there's been a lot more attention on that as, as a result of virtual schooling and, and things being shut down and things being over Zoom and managers getting a a little more of an insight into what their employees are living with day to day. Brian, your kids are a little older, so I'm interested 
um, in, in your bright spots related to them? Because you're, you're not exactly potty training at home right now. <laughs> well, no, not, not the kids, but interestingly enough, the dogs, because <laughs> we have two little dogs. And, and not to make this the potty training episode, but last year, <laughs> la no, this is for real, though. Last year, we were having a real problem where we had moved into this house in 2018 and they found a particular rug, an area rug in our dining room to be a perfect spot to relieve themselves when no one could help them out. And once they start, you know, it's hard to stop that because they go back and find that scent almost no matter what you do. And the problem was, you know, I work full time and I'm out of the, the house and sometimes work very long days in this business. My wife works from home, but she is on meetings. She runs calls all day long. And so she can't get up and take them out all the time. So the kids are gone at school. I'm gone at work. She's on meeting calls. So the, the dogs, we were having a real issue. And, and one of the things on our list of sort of good things this year has been dogs are getting walked so much more. They, I'm sure they just, you know, they must not, they don't understand what a pandemic is. But I mean, they're like, our people are around all the time. This is great. And so I committed this year, uh, even before the pandemic, that I'm going to walk the dogs at least twice a day. And, and that's tough to do in a Wisconsin winter, but you go, we've got to get them back into a routine. We replaced that rug in the dining room. I'm not letting this happen to another rug. Those things aren't cheap. And so we did this. And then once I started working from home, I realized how much easier it was to get up every day. First thing, go for that walk with the dogs. Maybe you do it again at noon when it was nice out in the summer. I could break away from you know work and go for a 15 minute walk around the block with the dogs because it was beautiful and sunny and I'm at home. And so we did potty train two dogs that are doing a great job now. It might seem like a small thing, but the dogs are happy. We're certainly a lot happier. Um, that wasn't really your question, though, because you asked about my kids. Um, <laughs> well, dogs are fur children. The, the, well, just so the kids, I have, a, I have a, a, a senior in high school and a seventh grader, and my senior is, um, you know, she's all she wants to do is just make sure she gets to graduate with her friends. She wants to go back to full in-person. My son, who's in seventh grade, hates virtual and, and I can only imagine what it must be like for like Sarah, for you, for anyone with parents who are uh, very small or younger and, and trying to keep their attention virtually. My 13 year old can't, can't keep his attention and he knows it like he has the self-awareness to know I hate this dad. I can't pay attention. Somehow he has plenty of attention span for every episode of whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, Netflix show he's watching. But but to concentrate in school is harder. So they're both they're doing fine. But uh, especially my son, who's a lot like me, he's very social. He's really missing the social contact with friends. His best friends are two people who, um, you know, live far enough away that you've really got to make an appointment to do this sort of thing. And right now with times the way they are, nobody's doing that. Nobody wants to get kids together and families together. So he's really missing that social contact. And I do worry about the screen time because thank goodness we live in an age where there is entertainment available through screens, but sometimes that becomes the only thing they go to. And so, Sarah, I know you've worked really hard at trying to sort of get the kids things to get them off screens, do the family game time and other things, but but the kids are doing well. I think they're more than ready for this to be over. I do think sometimes we, you know, we not that we forget, but you know, we I, I get so caught up in, in how I'm feeling about everything that I have to remember that kids, this affects them so much too. And and right down to my four-year-old who who says, hey, when the virus is over, can we go fill in the blank? Can we 
when the virus is over, can we go hug so-and-so? Like they're fully aware of what's going on and, 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 and it's difficult for them. And so to try to explain, you know, we can't do that right now because of this. And I mean, my husband and I are like, when this is, you know, under control, we are just going to, I mean, it's literally going to be YOLO because <laughs> I mean, we're going to go to, you know, all the places and, and hug the people and, you know, so, so they're it, affected to, just as much put, as we are. To put that in the context of the good, which is what this podcast is all about. I think that's one of the great things that will come out of this though, for all the suffering is that there will be a new, a renewed appreciation for things that maybe we've all taken for granted for a really long time. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I was just thinking about this. My my family, uh, my husband and I, we used to live in the same town as my parents and my five brothers. And then we moved 12 hours away. And so usually when we when we go back and see them or when they come and see us, it's a flight. And especially with a, a one-year-old, that flight can be a, a real pain in the rear end. And I don't think I'm ever going to complain about that flight ever again because it's been a really long time since I've I've been able to see my family and I'm really missing them and I just have this gratitude for before how frequently we were able to see them and I don't think I really appreciated that until the pandemic hit you know, I, I'm looking, we had sort of been asking around looking to come up with a list of just good things that happened, not just to us personally, but things in 2020. And, and there are all sorts of like, you can look at little, you know, I, I look at things from a sports perspective as a big sports fan. You've got, you know, Giannis signing the big Supermax contract. Aaron Rodgers has had a great season. So as a Packers fan, it's been a lot of fun to watch that even without having fans at the games. So there have been some of those kinds of smaller things that just kind of keep the, the year a little more entertaining. But then there's some of the big stuff. And one of the big ones, I think, is just the four of us sitting here right now, looking at each other on Zoom screens and, and, and talking and, and doing a podcast. None of us are in the same place. And nine months ago, would we have conceived that this was even possible? I, I remember what, when we were sent home be, to go work from home, I remember, you know, you, Amanda, immediately started talking to Sarah about how can we make this work from home. And one of my first thoughts, if I'm being candid, was give the podcast thing a rest. This is an emergency. We can't do it. I didn't know how it was going to be possible, and you not only figured out a way, it's been one of the things I think that's really carried us this year, is having this ability to talk through some of the biggest problems facing us here in Wisconsin and across the country. And and it's nice just to have an excuse to see you all, even if it's not in person. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think as we as we talk through some of these issues in real time. And for a while, we were releasing episodes five days a week, which when I look back at that <laughs> workflow. I'm so glad that's not still happening. I mean, I yeah. appreciated being there for people with new information, but man, that those were exhausting days. The, those were really exhausting days. I think we all achieved a, a level of just kind of workhorse, put your head down and, and grind through the day. I think I think we all achieved a level of that. We didn't know was possible and this was kind of after we we kind of left the station abruptly and we were dealing with kids at home and school closures and and daycare closures and it was it was just kind of crazy but i i have really appreciated being able to talk to all of you and and watch your work right like that's what i like about this podcast is it, it really connects you to the, the other Fox 6 journalists work and, and you see stuff you might not otherwise see or, or take the time to, to sit there and think about. I mean, Jenna, you Contact 6, you guys have gotten so much money back for people this year. That's incredible. That's a bright spot of 2020. 
Thank you. I think it was a challenging year. We had to learn how to do this remotely, but we still ended up getting more than $160,000 in refunds for our viewers, which is great. We have a new Contact 6 case manager, Annette, who is helping out a lot. She's doing a great job. And a lot of the successes we get are, are due to her and the work she does, you know, off camera. But, you know, we have a lot of resolutions. Like we helped someone get $31,000 in savings for a sunroom project. Um, that story didn't even make the air. We helped someone get you know, $13,000 from a life insurance policy, uh, $10,000 for a lemon law issue. So there are some people that I'm really happy reached out to us and we were able to help them finally get those resolutions. And it means a lot, especially right now. I think we got more complaints than we typically get. A lot of them were unemployment complaints to Contact 6. We sent more than 100 complaints about unemployment claims to DWD for a second look. And it, it feels good to help people who you know are struggling financially more right now. There was someone who reached out to us about um, a financial hardship due to COVID-19. Um, he was having issues paying a bank loan, and we were able to help him save $12,000 when the bank agreed to lower the monthly payment and the interest rate. And that's great. You know, there was a, a UW-Madison student who reached out saying, I'm not going to stay in the dorms anymore. I'd like to get some money back for the housing contract. And we were able to help him do that. So it's that I think one of the wonderful things about doing this segment is there's always some bright sides to find. And thankfully, you know, people remembered us and we were able to step in and help and it makes us feel good to be able to do that. So thank you to everybody who reached out to Contact 6 this year. We processed more than 700 complaints. Um, so it was it was a big year for us and we made it through. We figured out how to do all this remotely and I think we've got a really good team in place for heading into next year. I want to give credit to to Dave Machuda, whose idea, our editor, because it was his idea to do this episode, um, even though he didn't want to join us and be a part <laughs> of the talking part. Um, Dave he is the said magician. He had a doctor's appointment. He did, he did say that. I, I think maybe he wanted to, but just couldn't. But but Dave uh, started this with the idea of talking about some of the good things, because in the big picture, there are some really good things that are sort of side effects, byproducts of all of this this misery. One of them is, you know, we talked about animals being walked. A lot, of, a lot more animals were adopted this year uh, because people are spending time at home and wanted that companionship. You, you Gas prices have dropped, fewer people driving, less demand for fuel, so gas prices have stayed low. More people voted this year than have ever voted in a major election. Um, and, and whether or not the outcome was what you wanted, the engagement is something that I think we can all say is a good thing for for society. And, and you know, you look at that, there's so many other things, you know, and this may be controversial. The stock market rebounded from, you know, pandemic lows to back where it's setting records, whether you think that's a good thing or not. Certainly, it shows that our economy has recovered in what may be a, just a, one of the worst hits to it in, in, in a long, long time. So there's a lot of good bright spots and things. I, one of the that I think stands out the most for me, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, is when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys remember the movie uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, and then there was the, the sequel, 2010, The Year We Make Contact, futuristic Stanley Kubrick, and I remember they did uh, video calls, and as a kid, I thought, that's ridiculous, that'll never happen, <laughs> but also, wow, that would be really cool. And it's not like that got that was invented in 2020, but 
it became ubiquitous very quickly. I mean, did we know what Zoom was before March? And now Zoom is is just part of our lexicon. And, and so the idea that we can do so much remote communication, I guess that streaming services, can you, you know, you think about the 19, what was it the 1918 uh, flu pandemic? You know, they didn't have the Mandalorian. <laughs> So they did not. <laughs> thank goodness that we have that. I mean, you know, that I, I, and I, maybe that's a whole other subject, guys. But streaming services, the, the Queen's Gambit was one of my favorite things of the year. Tiger King was super entertaining. Tiger King. Tiger King was a <laughs> gift to humanity <laughs> in, in a really weird way. But I mean, it, it, Disney uh, decided, all right, we're just going to throw Hamilton out there. That was that was great. My, my daughter and I had seen it here, but we we when it came to Milwaukee, but we didn't see the original cast so getting to see hamilton with the original cast lin-manuel and, and the rest was a treat so there were these great things that i think are, we have to be just thankful for because they happened at a time when you know obviously it was an otherwise miserable year but it was made a little more uh manageable and and, and, and you know something we could endure because of all that great stuff i agree with all that brian i know you're gonna have to run soon but i do want us to have a chance to play uh, we had some Fox 6 employees record voice memos of the bright spots they found in 2020. And I, I would be remiss if we didn't get a chance to, to play those for you because there are some real gems in that one. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ted Perry. I'm a nightside anchor here at Fox 6. I've been asked to tell you what I think was good about 2020 in a year with so much bad in it. Um, where do we begin? Because there was so much good. I think... I think the way we honored people who did their jobs well, grocery workers, bus drivers, the people on the front line in hospitals and emergency rooms and clinics, and the people working the tents to do COVID testing, I think those people were called heroes, uh, and they truly were, and they truly are. And I think we're glad we have that perspective on it. Um, I think it's good that we found out that our phones don't just take pictures and make TikTok videos, but you can actually pick up that phone and call someone. We have gotten so used to the quote-unquote smart technology that we feel it's a chore to pick up the phone and to call someone. It seems unnecessary. But this is the year that slowed us down. There just wasn't anywhere to go some days. You couldn't do anything. So why not call your friend, your college roommate, um, your, your, your sister, your brother, somebody who you just think is too busy to talk to you and that you've been too busy to talk to them. So I think the art of conversation made a comeback in 2020. That's good. I think people found ways to show their friendship, um, whether it meant you know gathering around a bonfire and keeping seven, pe seven feet apart, but showing that you're making the effort because you love these people and they're your friends. Um, I think hope made a big comeback. Hope is not a plan, but hope is the faith that someone smarter than you is coming up with a plan. And, and thank God for researchers, medical researchers, and the inspiration that they must be to young men and women in school who look at this vaccine and all these vaccines and say, you know what? I might go into science because that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm grateful that people paid attention in biology and chemistry and loved that as much as I loved my history and English classes. So there was a lot of good there. Um, and I think for me, 
it was a big perspective check for so many reasons. Um, I lost my uh, nephew to cancer in, in March, I'm sorry, in February, uh, the same day as the Miller Park shooting, February 26. My nephew Zach died and the Miller Park, uh, Miller Park, the Miller Brewing shooting happened. I'm sorry, Miller Brewing shooting. And I thought, this year cannot get any worse. And then March said, yeah, well, hold my beer. And we got coronavirus, and as the year moved on, you know the rest. Um, George Floyd's death, and while that was tragic, it also brought America to a conversation it needed. So you can look at 2020 and say it sucked, it was the worst year ever, or you can say it cracked open the things that needed to be cracked open, and it was worth it. So there's my piece. Um, I'm grateful I got a chance to say that. I'm so grateful for my coworkers. I miss you all. I only get to see a handful of you. Uh, I have forgotten what Brian and Amanda look like, but fortunately, your stories and your promos still run. Have a great 2021, guys, and I can't wait to touch your face. <laughs> you can always count on Ted to put everything so well. He He's just so great at summarizing what was good about this year. And I especially like the part where he talked about appreciating all the people who do those jobs, like at the grocery store, at the bank, everybody who stepped up and kept doing their jobs. Um, some of our most meaningful relationships <laughs> these days seem like they're with the people at the grocery store um, <laughs> and thanking them for, for what they're doing. Um, so I'm glad Ted mentioned that. Leave it to Ted to make you laugh and cry in one three and a half minute voice memo. <laughs> it wouldn't be Ted if, it, if he didn't do that. I just still don't want him to touch my face, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ted, 2021, don't touch my face. <laughs> Hi, my name is Dave Machuda, and I edit the investigator's stories for Brian, Amanda, and Jenna. And I also edit this podcast. I really miss going to concerts and shows. But an odd benefit of quarantine, and the one good thing that may have come from it, has been artists live streaming performances from their homes, like Andrew Bird and his violin from his living room. Or the members of Crowded House playing Don't Dream It's Over from five different locations. The performances are often acoustic and intimate, like the artist Clara Loops playing her clarinet over looping pedals in her stocking feet from her apartment in Australia. Folk singer Laura Marling provided guitar lessons for her followers. Waxahachie and Kevin Morby took requests on Instagram. Whether it's NPR's Tiny Desk at Home concerts or Phoebe Bridger's singing from her bedroom, these performances showed us creativity surviving in 2020. I love Dave Machuda bringing it back to music. No surprise there. That's pretty that's pretty on brand. But it's true. I mean, a lot of those performances, I'll like if I'm feeling low, you know, you watch one of the performances where it's like everyone clearly recorded their separate parts and then edited them together and there's just something uplifting about music, but there's a community when it comes to music too that you miss out on when you can't go to the concert, but at least you can feel like part of something when when you're seeing those performances. I'm even thinking of like Taylor Swift and, and her albums during the pandemic and then the kind of the, the community coming together to listen to that. Right. There have been high schools that have figured out how to do streaming 
performances, you know, choir concerts and um, shows. Uh, a high school in Minnesota where I grew up did Les Mis, a socially distant Les Mis, and, and streamed it out. So it, it's there's been a lot of really cool content online, and I think it's been extra appreciated this year. I think, you know, one of the things that maybe once we can all get back and do concerts and, you know, whether it's in a park or in an actual, you know, arena or venue, um, I think a lot of these artists are still going to do some of this stuff. They're still going to, you know, find ways to incorporate social media and and do things like that, because what a uh, appreciation and acceptance um, to have these things in your home and be able to sit on my couch and watch these people play songs that I love. So I, I kind of hope that, you know, despite them all looking forward to getting back to touring, you know, while we're doing that too, um, you know, just to be able to keep doing some of that online stuff. I agree. I agree. All right, let's do our next voice memo here. Hi, my name is Meg. I'm the executive producer for Fox 6 Wake Up. One of the best things I found this year is how easy it is to connect with people I don't get to talk to very often from friends that are out of state to family that live far away. I've had so many Zoom game nights and virtual parties that are bigger and better now because so many more people can join. Um, It's so easy now to just stay in touch with people and you don't even have to leave the house or your sweatpants. Um, As much as I miss going to Bucks games and concerts, I've also come to appreciate all the ones that I did go to in the past, all those last minute tickets that I bought where I was debating to myself, should I be spending this money? Well, I look back at it now and think about how glad I am that I did. I wholeheartedly agree with everything Meg said. Um, I, my best friends from college were scattered all over the globe. One is in Australia, you know, one's in New York, one's in California. And we were we started zooming over the pandemic and we were going why didn't we do this before <laughs> we haven't all been in the same place since college why haven't we regularly been doing video calls and and those calls really like it were helped helped me get through some real low points of the pandemic having something to look forward to but also just like that like refreshing feeling you get when you're talking to someone who really knows you and really gets you. Yeah, we did something similar with all of my childhood camp friends. <laughs> you know, we're all over the country and we did a big Zoom a couple of times and we would never have done that otherwise. You know, you, you see people on Facebook, you might have a text chain. We have a much better text chain now after we did those Zooms. But it's it's nice to see people that you know, maybe just because it was inconvenient to try to speak to them, we didn't think of it before. You know, people scatter. That's just the way it is nowadays. We all live in a much bigger world than our hometown. Um, so I think she hit it on the head there. That is that is definitely something I think we've all realized is that we can see and talk to people even if we if, if we didn't think about it before. Now we can. And don't you just feel rejuvenated after those chats with friends and and family, you know, I get off an hour long Zoom and I'm like, oh, that is just what I needed to, you know, not to get all therapist, but like fill my cup, you know, <laughs> so it, um, you know, it definitely it carries me through to the next time I get to chat with them. And you're right. Like, I didn't talk with some of my closest girlfriends, you know, as much as I do now, which is so strange because I could have done it before. But it just um, it just seems so much more appreciated and, and better now. Yeah. And look, there is such a thing as Zoom fatigue, right? Like you can definitely 
there's a a whole different emotional component that goes into those calls where when you're doing them back to back to back, yeah, they can get exhausting. But the right placed call with the right group of people, I'm an extrovert, so I recharge by talking to other people, which is really hard during a pandemic. And so the the right, the call that's like timed correctly with the right people, um, it really is, I mean, it really is like a therapy session. Um, and that, that can be really nice. Um, we have one more voice memo, and I think this is my favorite of the bunch. So I'm gonna, gonna play that now. Let's be honest, 2020 was tough. It was rough. Mary Stoker Smith, so glad to be with you on this last podcast of the year. Let's have some real talk, shall we? And ladies, I want to start with you, because at times this year was a little like wearing what was supposed to be a great pair of shoes, a great pair of high heels that had so much promise. We saw them on display. We couldn't wait to get them. Tried them on, seemed fine, got them home, decided to wear them out because they were bedazzled and shiny and new. And after a little bit of time, we realized, boy, this was kind of a tight fit. It really wasn't what we thought it was supposed to be at all. It was pretty uncomfortable. But we couldn't take them back because we already wore them out. may have a scuff mark on them or two. So we put them in the closet and we walked by. And every time we did, we thought about what could have been. And all of a sudden, you started kind of longing for that pair that is a few years old, that are maybe a little too broken in. They may not have the, the dynamic flair and the, and the pop that these did. But you kind of think, boy, what was I thinking? What was I thinking of taking that great pair of shoes for granted? Why did I have to go put so much promise on something shiny and new? I think that can be a real symbol to this year because I know like many of you, This year, I have missed my family in a way I have never missed them before. And I've lived out of state and been homesick and and, and couldn't wait to get back home. But this was different because, as you know, we couldn't get to our families. They weren't weren't tangible. We had to stay away. I long for a room of nieces and nephews and my brothers and, yeah, even my older sister and most of all my mom. She's 87 years old, and she has done remarkably well during this pandemic, but I miss a hug from her most of all, looking at her, talking to her, seeing her nuances, and just connecting with her. It's, it's been tough, and I'm sure like most of you, I will never take it for granted again. I miss going to a crowded restaurant. I miss people watching. Now, long lines, well, they don't seem so bad, right? standing in line, just kind of watching people and and striking up conversations. I miss sitting in a crowded pew on Sunday morning. I can't wait to get back to that. And that's the thing. If we can go into 2021 with a different perspective, I know for me, it's that I need people. I am a people person. I like a little me time like a lot of you, but I think this has really reinforced how much I need the camaraderie of a community. And that's really the big takeaway. And I will never, ever take it for granted again. It's the intangibles that are are really the good stuff, the best takeaways. So in my opinion, 2020 will be a time that 
I think we've all really matured, that we've all really learned to not take things for granted and how many people need a boost and how much we can really do to elevate others. So while I'll never give up my love for shoes, I know that I'll never take the ones that I have worn and that are so comfortable for granted again. Yeah, they may be a little bit scuffed. Yeah, they may be a little bit worn, but they're comfortable. And that's really the essence of life. Comfort, love, a good fit, finding that good fit and finding a way to give somebody a boost. That's what it's all about. So here's to a different perspective, a fresh perspective, a re-energizing perspective and a refreshing look at life and love and people as we head into 2021. Be well. Leave it to Mary Stoker Smith to bring it back to shoes. That was the most Mary <laughs> voice memo. It's nice to know 2020 hasn't changed Mary Stoker Smith <laughs> yes. in the slightest. But I love her point that we've all, I've, we've all learned a lot about ourselves through this time, um, for better or for worse, right? But you you realize the things that you need and the things that you don't and the things that you appreciate and the things that you'd like to change and the things you would never change. And, and listening to what she had to say made me really reflect on that. Right. Remembering what's important and it's little things too. She's right. It's making sure your family is healthy. Everybody's safe. And that's that's very important now more than ever. And it's good to be reminded of that. I think a fresh perspective for all of us is a very good thing. I, I do think, you know, and I think we talked about it earlier, was like slowing down. Um, you know, when my calendar, when I looked at my calendar and on my phone and it was just blank for like 50,000 days in a row. <laughs> but but honestly, like that helped us go, oh, we don't have anything to do. Let's hang out, you know, and and I think slowing down, like you said, you really it really put things in perspective and the small things are really small. And, you know, you you care about what you care about and and it really kind of prioritizes what's important to you. Yeah, it can definitely help reset the priorities. And that's typically what we try to do at the end of one year, beginning of a new year anyway, right? Like that's the point of a new year's resolution is you're resetting your priorities. And I think everyone's taking that in in a very different, very serious way right now. Look, end of 2020 doesn't mean that the pandemic is ending. We're still going to be dealing with a, a whole lot of garbage in 2021. And we're still going to be dealing with things that are really different. But we're going into the year knowing more about ourselves and our families. And I, I hope that the things can only go up from there. If you still think 2020 is the worst year ever, consider this. Science has demonstrated again and again that our memories have something called a positivity bias. That is, we tend to remember things more favorably than they actually were. And positive things stand out in our memories above unpleasant events. So while it may be hard to imagine we will one day have a rosy view of this unbelievable year in our history, just remember, hindsight is 2020. Jenna, Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I hope that it is not several more weeks until we get to do this again, because I miss seeing your faces. I miss you too, Amanda. I'm glad that we get to still chat, you know, text and, and email. It means a lot. Yeah, and I do know that being on the phone with both of you at separate times, I know I'm like, oh, another adult to talk to. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I appreciate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you too. That's it for Open Record this year. We also want to thank our amazing editors, Dave Machuda and Suzanne Barthel. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Open Record. You can find it wherever you do your podcast listening. For Brian Polson, I'm Amanda St. Hilaire. Happy holidays. We will talk to you again next year. Thank you.